We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. All right, here we go, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. I appreciate you spending some time with us here in Las Vegas, here inside the beautiful Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Las Vegas. You know, I'm not in Vegas. Well, I guess I'm here pretty often. I'm here every two weeks. But I feel like every time we do an interview here, it's just, it's so good. And today, of course, is no different because I always love sitting down and chopping it up with fellow interviewers. And if you've ever watched a UFC video or an MMA interview on YouTube, there's a really good chance you've either seen the schmo or his videos have been shown to you, like in the suggested videos. I mean, he's pretty easy to recognize with his signature yellow sunglasses. Although I gotta say, even though the schmo is a character that David Schmolenson plays, he asks some great questions on the schmo and the pro. And I just love how people that he's interviewing really open up to him in a way that they, they don't with other interviewers. Check him out on social media. He's at the schmo 312. Check out his website, theschmo312.com. I like how his bio says that he's a much needed breath of fresh air in sports journalism. Hmm. If you're not following me already, you can find me at Chris Van Fleet. And if it's your first time here, I hope that you like what you hear enough to want to subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. And perhaps if that's Apple Podcasts, perhaps you may want to leave a review like this one. Papa Pooey writes, this dude is awesome. Chris Van Vliet has one of the best podcasts to listen to while I'm at work, and I get some more insight on wrestlers that I'm a huge fan of. Plus, I just met him, and he's even more awesome in person. Keep up the great work. Keep listening. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, Papa Pooey. I was at the Squared Circle Expo in Indianapolis this weekend. So great meeting all of you guys, including Papa Pooey. And I should mention, since we're talking about this, that I'll be at the Baltimore Celeb Fest 4 with MCW Pro Wrestling on May 15th. So if you live in that area, it'd be awesome if you came out and said hello. The lineup, the lineup's stacked. The Hardy Boys, the New Age Outlaws, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti, Nick Aldis, that's just to name a few. So maybe while we're there, maybe we'll do an interview or two or seven. Who knows? But I read one review from Apple Podcasts on every single episode. It's my way to say thank you for being on this journey with me 
Hey, if you're a Spotify listener, Spotify has ratings now. So perhaps you would consider going in there and clicking on the stars. That'd be awesome. All right. Let's dive into this. Please welcome the Schmo. In this situation, does this make me the pro? 100%. The Schmo and the pro? I would say so. Sure. Thank you so much for coming by. Hey, thanks for stopping me in WrestleCon. We yeah. made eye contact. Actually, you came up to me. I did. And uh, you introduced yourself. I'm, I was familiar with you. You're familiar with me. And um, I'm glad we're here in person now, less than a week later. Well, look, it's, it's hard to not notice you. I think when you're at any of these events, like you stand out so much. It, that, uh, that's, that's the whole allure of, of the schmo, I feel like. Definitely. I think it was very influential in the branding decisions for me to wear something that would be different, to stand out. I tell people all the time, a little bit of Craig Sager meets Rodney Dangerfield, sports first, comedy <laughs> second, a lot of influences in the attire, the persona, um, but also a lot from the 90s and the World Wrestling Federation at the time. No longer that, it's the WWE, yeah. World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, was watching that a lot as a kid and getting a lot of influences from that. This is going to be the first time a lot of people are seeing you or hearing you as as, as David right now. So yeah. like, perhaps you could introduce yourself because they only know the schmo. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago, Buffalo Grove, Illinois in the 90s. I'm a 90s child. Favorite sport was, sport was basketball. My childhood idol was Michael Jordan. Mm. I mean, two three-peats, greatest basketball player of all time. To me, the greatest... I consider him the greatest athlete, most influential athlete of all time. Because when I think of the word goat, the goat of goats, you know, Tom Brady, obviously the NFL, sure. Tiger Woods, you think of golf, you, you Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky for hockey, obviously Mr. Yeah. Canadian over yeah, here, Canadian, yeah. but I think of Jordan and, um, I grew up playing sports. I grew up loving sports being outside of Chicago. And when I realized the dream of being a professional basketball player was dead sometime in high school, six foot nothing white guy with limited hops wasn't going to make it to the next level i kind of always knew the best next best thing would be talking about sports and kind of led me to this crazy journey i'm on today and the journey is pretty crazy because there's a lot of people that are doing i would say more like what i'm doing where you're having these conversations or you're reporting you've you've created this character so where did this begin and also like how many versions did you go through to you came up with this version of the schmo? Interesting. Well, I would say that the this the version of the schmo, the original version of the schmo always lives on, but the schmo itself has kind of evolved throughout time. You always have to adapt. You don't adapt, you die. Change is inevitable. You have to be a part of it. Um, so I'm a goof. I was always a class clown. I would always make jokes, I'd always get in trouble. I mean, what you see is the schmo is kind of really an extension of my character as myself. I could just get away with doing a lot more crazier stuff when I put those yellow glasses on. But uh, I grew up doing impressions. Like I have a really good Borat impression. I would do Austin Powers. I well, just, come on, you got to give it to us. Hello, my name is Borat. And I come to the US of A to meet with you and sit in the studio at this black tables here. I like this very nice. How much? Um, Austin Powers? Austin Well, now I have to get. All right, baby. Now, are we going to shack now or shack later, baby? Yeah. We're here in Las Vegas at the Blue Wire Studios. Chris, you're doing a great job talking to me. Yeah, baby, yeah. I, I haven't done that in years, but... It's uh, great. I, and just different impressions. I, I, I don't want to start offending different groups of people, but I, I just changed my voice a little bit. And I've never had a voice coach or anything like that, but just I'm a goofball. And I just like, I'm, I'm not afraid of what other people think of me. And I would just go out and do these types of things. But uh, the Schmo character itself, the inception of it, 2015, uh, 
another story of me goofing around with my roommates uh, in Los Angeles where I was living at the time. My buddy had these crazy pair of vintage yellow glasses, uh, put on a turtleneck and a blazer, uh, you know, a few drinks, maybe a few puffs of marijuana, who knows? And one thing led to another, but the idea of the character was always there, but what the character looked like kind of was born from just moments like that beginning in 2015. Did you like ever get worried that when you took on this character and took on this persona that you wouldn't be taken seriously? I think at that point, I just stopped caring. No one took, no one gave David Schmolenton a chance. I wanted to go the traditional broadcasting route. And when I graduated the University of Arizona in 2012, you know, I, I sent my tapes out to over 100 stations. I drove to Yuma, Arizona. I would drive to places, drop these off at the directors, not hear anything back. And um, when I moved out to California, 20, end of 2012, beginning of 2013, Fox Sports 1 was starting up, the NFL Network. Um, I was either New York or California. I knew their two largest markets. And I'm like, look, I might not get directly on camera right away, but I will work as a production assistant. I'll edit. I'll do whatever I can to get my foot in the door. And yeah. I think too many people are afraid to take a step sideways or take a step backwards in order to take uh, two steps forward or whatever you have to do. And I was willing to grind in my 20s and do whatever it took. So I think a culmination of accumulation of so many different factors of people rejecting me and not giving me a choice, I kind of created the character to mock the system. Say, look, you don't want to give David Schmoltz a chance. Well, I could do it better than the people you have in the position, yet I'll do it in character. And that was my mindset. So did you do interviews before, like when you, were, when you yes. weren't the Schmo? Yes. Um, we were talking a little bit off air about having big interviews. As David Schmolton, and um, my last job in corporate America, I worked for USA Today. Uh, they had hired me as a publisher account manager to consult sports websites. But I kind of took that job just to make and get an in to become friends with the editors and become friends with the other journalists to take on roles and responsibilities. Here and there, I was getting, I was calling up SIDs. I was, I was doing college basketball previews for the, for the magazine. I was covering the Nike Elite 11 football camps. Uh, whatever I could get my hands on. I did press junkets. Uh, we were just talking about entertainment. Yeah. Um, Gary Ullman was someone I interviewed. Kevin Costner, I was able to interview. I wonder if we were at the same press junkets together. It was the only one I ever covered. Which movie was it? What mo It was a Kevin Costner movie around 2015 or 16. I love that it's the only movie junket you ever did and you don't even know what movie it was. Oh my God. That is fantastic. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. I really don't watch TV. I'm a diehard sports nerd. Like I literally, what I consume is sports and business. And literally my wife is just nonstop work and work and work. I used to know the name of that, but it's just, now I got so many other things going in my brain. It might come to me. You know what? Well, we, we have this amazing thing called the internet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to look this up here to see. Okay. Um, then what was the first interview as the Schmo? The first interview, the Schmo, um, actually, I believe it was Rick Neuheisel. I met him on a Southwest airline flight. I had the glasses but they were criminal. Does that sound right? I don't think it was. I mean, actually, it might've been criminal. <laughs> it sounds about right. I don't even. 2016 know. action thriller. Is, if Gary Ullman's in it. CIA agent Bill Pope. Was Ryan Reynolds also in it? Uh, if, if Gary Ullman was yeah. in it. Okay, that's the movie. <laughs> okay. It's criminal. That was the movie. Um, Ryan Reynolds wasn't at the junket, I don't okay. believe. Or at least I wasn't on the list for that part. Um, so... The first interview was Rick Neuheisel. Met him on a Southwest Airlines flight. I, he had just he was college football analyst for CBS Sports, former college football coach for the Huskies, for the UCLA Bruins. Saw him on the flight, told him what I was doing because I kind of started doing my schmo shtick also while I was working for USA Today. I had them build a set for me and, and I started 
getting a part of the car wash. Uh, athletes would come into Fox Sports, ESPN, Los yeah. Angeles. They, then they come see NFL Network, and then they come see the Schmo at the USA Today studios over there. Um, but yeah, I, I went to his living room. He played his guitar, and that was the first one. But then the first athlete I brought for the Schmo and the Pro in that USA Today studios, yellow glasses, everything, Jerry Harrison Jr. Wow. These are great. Do people ever compare what you're doing to Nardwar? I get that a lot recent um after I created the character. Um I think I first heard it people in MMA saying, "Oh, you're just an MMA version of Nardwar." And I start getting really offended by this kind of stuff. And then I looked at what he does, and I could see why from just a very basic level people say that because he's a character. Yeah. I don't know if it's his real voice or not, but he does it in music. But for me, I do this in sports. I had no idea who he was when I created the character. My influences are from the Chicago Second City legends where I grew up. The John Belushi's, the Chris Farley's, the Mike Myers who created Austin Powers, right? Those yeah. are the influences I have. And when I say Craig Sag Sager meets Rodney Dangerfield, yeah. like I have so much respect for old school stand-up comedians and just being an overall goofball myself. Like I feel like I took just a flair of my personality and and I feel like it's a lot of people's childhood dreams to be able to have conversations that are free flowing where they can kind of say whatever they want. I feel like the schmo's my way of masking that. Did you ever, like, if these were your influences, did you ever think about getting into stand up? I think it'd be, I'd be doing myself a complete disservice if at one point I never did stand up. Yes. I'm 100% going to do stand up yeah. at one point, probably sooner than later. Um, as you or as the schmo? It's got to be both. Or at least Ooh. the schmo for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have too many good stories. But yeah, stand-up is a 100% on the cards. I I feel like in the world that we're in here, broadcasting, podcasting, YouTubing, content creation, whatever you want to call it, when you can add that other layer on there of what, what is comedy, whatever it is, comedy or being on a reality show or hosting a TV show, that like takes you to another level. For sure. And, you know, and it's funny you mentioned that taking you to another level because no one wants to be stagnant. Like I didn't, I didn't create the schmo to just be associated as an MMA journalist. In fact, like MMA wasn't the first sport I covered as the yeah. schmo. In fact, if you look at combat sports, boxing, I started interviewing boxers before mixed martial arts, mixed martial artists, um, and even NFL, NBA. Like the schmo is an entertainer. I just love sports, but there's no limit. Like it's called the schmo and the pro. Everybody's a pro. Like right now, you're the pro in this situation. I'm still the only because I'm sitting on this side of the camera. That's the only. <laughs> if you sat over here, you'd be the pro. That's how it works. Yeah, and it's um, you know, I I because I've been able to interview some entertainers too. Like Snoop Dogg was someone that was on my bucket list, and Ice Cube I've interviewed too. Yeah, going into that musician world. But I mean, it's funny because I interviewed Snoop Dogg. We're talking about Triller and Fight Club and Jake Paul. I interview Ice Cube. We're talking about the big three. So we're talking basketball. But those are just my interests. It's interesting because a lot of people look at you and assume that you're just an MMA journalist. And you're right. Like you started in, was it basketball and football? Yeah. And, and so I mentioned Rick Neuheisel. That's football. Mm -hmm. Jerry Harrison Jr. First in series of Schmo. That's Major League Baseball. Yeah. So I think that this is, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of happening to me too, where like I've interviewed a lot of wrestlers and then people go, oh, you just interview wrestlers. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. I've also interviewed all these other people from different walks of entertainment. Who's on the bucket list for you now? It's Michael Jordan. Okay. We mentioned that earlier. Okay. Who's on the UFC bucket list? The only, the only UFC fighter that I have not interviewed that 100% um, is on the bucket list is, for some reason, it's Conor McGregor. Why hasn't this happened? I have conspiracy theories in and out, but inevitably it's going to happen. It took some time for me to be able to interview Khabib. 
-hmm. it took time it didn't happen right away he had to retire first but i ended up (laughs) retiring or retiring i ended up interviewing khabib um so everything in life is timing a lot of things in my life have never happened on my time never when i wanted but good things happen to those that are patient and be ready for the unexpected but when the unexpected comes you better damn be ready you've had exchanges with connor at like press conferences yes so i don't count those but i've definitely i've definitely asked him questions he knows who i am there's no doubt about it let me ask you this we know that these last two years have been kind of strange with interviews yeah and you know i had to resort to doing zoom interviews which i'd never done before every interview i'd flown to the person and done them in person and I got into an interesting discussion with my friend. Like, if you did a Zoom interview with somebody, did you actually meet them? And I was saying no, and he was saying yes. And I think that the truth is maybe possibly somewhere in the middle there. Definitely at least somewhere in the middle there, because then when you eventually meet that person you did a Zoom interview with, uh, then it's like you've already met them before and talked to them before. And ironically, that just happened to me this past weekend in Dallas. So the Venezuelan vixen, you know, the Bantamweight champion for the UFC, she and I have done Zoom interviews before, and yeah. obviously I spoke to her in person before a press conference, but I've never interviewed on camera on the Schmo and the Pro mm. until this past weekend. So it's like we were saying, yeah, I've done a Schmo and the Pro with you, but do those count? Yeah. Does this count? But we've had the familiarity because we had already done it before. So to your point, it's got to count for something, maybe at least a halfway there. Yeah, wait, but inevitably... You meet the person, you give them a hug, and they go, it's so good to finally meet you in person. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So maybe the other one didn't really count. But as you know, I mean, as we sit here and you've done plenty of Zoom interviews, nothing beats an in-person sit-down face-to-face interview. Oh, nothing. Nothing beats being able to feel someone's energy, shake their hand, give them a hug. As good as technology is, and I'm so grateful that what happened over the last two years happened in this era of technology, because mm. I feel like we would have been we would have felt a lot more alone if it had happened in the 90s or 80s or any time before then. At the end of the day, though, you're still looking at a two-dimensional representation on a screen of a three-dimensional being. Yeah, and what's going to happen when the way we look at it now ends up being completely computerized, 3D figures, like, I, I don't know, I, I, augmentation with, with reality, with the glasses and everything, the metaverse. Yeah. Who knows where interviewing is going to go from a virtual standpoint, yeah. but... I'm not going to sit here and put a cap on it. Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever feel like you had to win fans over when you started with this? Because I can imagine there were people at first that just thought this was a shtick and oh, didn't like it. Oh, for sure. And there's still people that think it's a shtick and don't like it, but maybe they don't say it. Well, it is a shtick. They just... It is a shtick, yeah. yeah. There's some people, it's not their cup of tea. But for me, what matters most is the athletes. Do I have the athletes' respect? Because if you have the athletes' respect, you're going to get the fans. Because the athletes are respected by the fans. The fans look up to the athletes, which me, myself, at my core, I'm a fan. That's why I feel like my questions are speaking in the words, in the voice of the fans. Not necessarily in the voice because I'm doing the schmo shtick, but I know I feel like I have a really good pulse of what the community wants to hear from the subject. Because I'm such a diehard sports fan at root, like, and that's never going to change. So... I know if I can do my shtick in a way to have always maintain the integrity of sport, respect of the athletes, the fans will come. Yeah. And the thing that I love about what you do is there's a lot of reporters and there's a lot of journalists who are asking questions in order to get a headline. Yes. I love that your questions come from like a general place of curiosity. 100%. That you as a fan are genuinely curious and you want to know what the answer is. 
For sure. And then the headlines will come because mm-hmm. it, I, I think I know what they're going to say. And these other outlets, the other journalists, their sites end up taking the videos and re- making articles and making money. So everybody's making money off it. No problem at all. It feeds the ecosystem. Most importantly, it grows the sport, fastest growing sport in the world. Absolutely. From the mixed martial arts standpoint. But um, yeah, I, I think that from the standpoint of asking the right questions, to me, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I, I, if, if I get caught up worrying about what other people are thinking, other people are doing, I'm not focusing on myself. And what good are you if you're not trying to better yourself each day? Yeah. What was your first UFC that you ever watched? Like, I don't mean live. I mean, what was the first ever UFC event you watched? So when I was in college, I went to University of Arizona, to, to University of Arizona Tucson, Arizona. Uh, my roommate at the time, Scott, he was big into MMA. And Dominic Cruz, obviously fighting a lot in the WEC from Tucson, having yeah. his gym in Tucson roots. That's kind of like that era is what really got me stuck. They were on Spike TV and, and yeah, yeah. that of nature. And then when I moved to Los Angeles in the early uh, 2010s decade, I don't even know how to click. What, what, what do we call that? The what, 2010s? The 2010s, the early 2010s. We're in the roaring 20s now. Yes. Yeah, roaring <laughs> They're 20s. roaring, yeah. Oh, they're roaring. I can't believe that was yeah. a century ago now. Um, uh, behind, behind where I lived in Los Angeles, there's this bar called Q's and they would always put on the fights and events. and Chris Wyman, I remember, was on the come up. He had the collision course with Anderson Silva. Ronda Rousey, come from Strike Force, come to the come to the UFC. I'd run into her running the Santa Monica stairs. And my first reaction was just give her this huge hug and this huge come up. And I was watching all the fights <laughs> in those 2010s, like religiously, but it all started from what I was doing from 2008 to 2012. That was when I was first introduced to it. But then by 2013 through 2017, I was just really watching as from a fan standpoint, you know, I'm mm. working in corporate America, yeah. focusing on whatever I can in the sports world, primarily from the NFL and the NBA basis, because those are the two largest sports in this country yeah. and in the United States where, where you can monetize and biggest fandom. And I was a huge fan of those sports, too. Um, but uh, I would say 2013 through 2017, I wouldn't miss pay-per-views. That was when it really started. I, I in this like. We're, we're around the same age. I'm a few years older than you, but like, I remember going to Blockbuster. Mm. I was a huge wrestling fan, and then I heard that there was this thing called the Ultimate Fighting Championship, where like people were actually fighting with you know quote unquote no rules. We're going to Blockbuster and look at looking at VHSs of UFC one, two, three, four, five, looking on the back and being like, oh wow, that guy who looks really strong is fighting that guy who looks really weak. Let's buy this VHS. It's crazy how far this sport's grown. So in such a short period of time, too. It's like 30 years old yeah. and fastest growing sport right now. And just think about, and I say this to people all the time when we're covering people I'm close with. It's like, think about where the NFL was, the NBA was, Major League Baseball by year 30 oh, and where they are now. They and were look like, where the UFC is. They were like leather helmets still. Exactly. Yeah. And look where we are now and look where it continues to grow. Like yeah. back when we first started watching this sport, fighters didn't have a dedicated gym. Like there was no like American top team where you have your jujitsu, your wrestling, your yeah. biking or boxing. Uh, you have to go to all these different gyms to get the different disciplines. Now you have these gyms like Sanford MMA, American Top Team, Extreme Couture, you name it. Um, I don't want to leave any names out, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> um, but they have a one-stop shop for pretty much everything. And that's why you're seeing the evolution of this sport, partially why you're seeing the evolution of the sport. Well, I remember it was probably about 10 years ago with Rory McDonald when they were like, this is the first ever uh, athlete who trained as a mixed martial artist because everybody else came from a discipline. Right. They were a wrestler who learned how to punch or they were a boxer who learned how to wrestle. 
And then Rory McDonald came in whenever he made his debut. I think it was like 19. And they went, oh, this is like a completely different athlete now. Yeah. And he's a beast. He is a beast. So walk me through your about, pretend that I'm a, a, an athlete and you're about to interview me and I've never met you before. What does the, like the, the pre-conversation go? How Great question. Go? I try to keep it as short as possible because I don't want to give it away. I actually pray and hope that these people don't know me. And as, as I get more popular, they know me beforehand. But when the glasses are on, that's when I'm in character. When they're off, I'm not, I'm not in character. That's the only way I can keep my sanity. But <laughs> I, all I try to say is, you're the pro. When I put these on, you're the pro. I'm the schmo. That's are you, it? Are you ready to go? That's it. That's it. I try it to all rhymes, it as too. As are you yeah. ready to go? I, I, I added the are you ready to go thing because sometimes they say that, sometimes I don't. But literally, it's built on the premise of when I put these glasses on, you're the pro, I'm the schmo. And that's all I want to say. I want to say as little as possible to them. And if they want to talk after the interview, we could talk after the interview. But I want to get the best out of them and catch them completely off guard. Because that's the thing is, you know, when people saw my shtick for the first time, too, they just thought it was just another prankster, just another version of a barstool sports where you're just making fun of everyone and he doesn't know anything about it. But it's like, no, I'm a diehard fan. This is self-deprecation. So the joke's always going to be on me. It's never on the subject. And I'm going to ask him some layups. I call them layups. But that way, the guard's down. I butter them up a little bit so I can really get them to give their raw, honest opinion on a hard-hitting subject that they wouldn't give to somebody else if their mm. approach wasn't the same. Mm. And you train yourself too, right? Or you yeah. have. In the past. Yeah. I can't do it as much anymore because with, with the smartphones and the notar when I go into gyms, people always want photos and stuff of that type of nature. And I feel like I have, I can parlay it to a celebrity about one time. I'm ready to, to do about whether it's grappling, whether it's boxing, okay. or it's mixed martial arts. I want to do it with the correct dance partner. Um, and I want to raise enough awareness. And obviously, I want to do this for a good cause. I want to do it for really good charity. Are you going to call out Ariel Hawani again? I mean, I called him out. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't answer. I mean, he could have handled it a lot better. But there is backstory behind it, which I've addressed too. But when I was coming up in 2018, my first, <clears throat> my first UFC event that I had covered, I met him. I went up to him, just like how you went up to me, introduced myself to him. He said, you know, I'm a fan. I've been following this sport. Um, this is what I'm doing. Um, and I, I kind of sought out for him for advice, you know, and everything. He's like, take down my email address. And I've been taking down email addresses for years. I'm a, I'm a relentless networker. For some reason that day, he gave me a wrong email address and I never forgot it. And that's the reason that is the backstory of how I called him out about like, it. Yeah. And he was the right dance partner too. Like he intentionally gave you the wrong email. He says he doesn't, he says I miswrote it down, but listen, I'm in that position when I'm struggling, when I'm paying money out of my own pockets to cover these events and to go X, Y, and Z, huh. I'm not in a position to write down the wrong email address. And, and someone in my shoes who's created his own path, built his own brand, has had no money or supports behind him to get to where I'm at and continue to grow. I don't miswrite emails. I don't get that stuff wrong. Huh. I would, I've sent hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of emails just trying to get in. So many rejections, so many blank stares, and for some reason that email never went through. And then I confronted with him and I showed him that email, I remember, in December of 2019. But all in all, what did he say? Nah, he, you know, he didn't want it. He doesn't want the fight. I mean, he's never, he'll never, he'll never on public say anything acknowledging the call out. 
the charity grappling. And then I moved it to basketball, yeah. to a charity basketball game. Yeah. It was never about punching people in the face. It wasn't a who's a stronger man type thing. It was, no, let's do something. We're two huge names in this sport. Let's do something for charity. Let's raise up the cause. Like, like this, is, this is for the fans. Yeah. This is for the athletes. This is a good thing. Mm. He never addressed that part. It was always, oh, he's trying to use my name to build off of and blah, blah, blah. Go down that route. And it's like, once he went down that route, it's like, I don't need, I don't need you. I never needed you. Yeah. never want to say that. Like, my work speaks for itself and I'll prove it. And that's why I just ended talking about it. Yeah. And you're not just a character and you're not just someone who does these interviews. Like, if someone's just seen you on their recommended page on YouTube, I feel like they're only seeing like just the tip of the iceberg. Here. Sure. What else is the rest of the iceberg here? Yeah, I mean, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm really good with business. I'm really good with marketing. Like brand building is something I, I obviously excel in because a lot of people can call themselves a social media expert, but anyone could be an expert when you're taking the NFL or a huge property that's already got millions of fans and followers. But if you could start something from zero and scratch, have no push or money behind your back, no one, nobody to help you out except for yourself and you believe in yourself to the point where you're willing to do whatever it takes. You invest your own money in yourself over and over again. You bet on yourself. That's what it's all about. You know, I'm, I'm a fearless, I'm a risk taker. Um, I just love to wake up every day, talk sports and make people laugh. That's the premise. So there's the YouTube channel, which I think is kind of the gateway for a lot of people to find out about you. That's how I found out about you. What else? What else do you have then? Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Everywhere for social media. The only one I really am not active on is Snapchat. I just feel uh, like who needs feel, to I, Instagram has all the features. TikTok's big on that. Instagram but, just keeps stealing from everybody. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. And uh, Instagram's owned by Facebook, so that's all linked to it. But Instagram and YouTube are my two largest platforms. I still don't know what the hell I'm doing on TikTok, but uh, it works. <laughs> right. Then that's all that matters. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What sure. is part of the business part of, of being the Schmo? Schmo, sure. So uh, as part of the Schmo, I'm wearing my Schmozone t-shirt or I do a weekly podcast with Helen, my better half. Well, people can go listen to that wherever they're listening to this. Yes, they there can listen to that wherever. And it's also on the YouTube channel. It's just not as often as the Schmo and the Pro, but the Schmozone podcast. It's on the same channel? It's on the same channel. I talk like this, but obviously we always have an athlete or a guest, so people aren't always hearing the, the questions that you bring up because, you know, I just figure it will happen over time. And here we are in a situation like this where you're a good guy, you have a great platform, and we're having a conversation. 
Um, um, so the Schmo Zone, and then about six months ago, I started the Triple C and Schmo Show, which is its own YouTube channel with Olympic gold medalists and uh, double champ champ uh, in the UFC, Henry Cejudo in the flyweight and bantamweight division, where I am the Schmo. I also do a Tuesday night trivia show with the Instagram page Fight Club, which is partially owned by Michael Bisping, and um, just MMA trivia questions. Um, I work with UFC Ultimate Sound, which it's called ACX, which is a music partner of the UFC, where I, it's a music segment where I interview um, the athletes, the MMA fighters, asking them about their walkout music, their favorite artists and stuff like that. Um, and I'm probably missing some other things, but I, I mean, I have my hands dipped in a lot of different levels there. Sounds to me just from the outside looking in that you're spreading yourself pretty thin here. I'm starting to, but... Because um, a lot of this, you're not even including it. A lot of this includes a lot of travel. Oh, yeah. We travel. I travel pretty much at minimum twice a month. Like you and I, three days ago, were in Dallas. Yes. Yeah. 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 And sometimes I could be a space cadet where I could forget these things. Yes. I would be in Jacksonville right now, but Henry Cejudo and I are going to be hosting a watch party on Millions.co Saturday evening, uh, live reactions to the fights. Then we'll do our, our show, the Triple C and Schmo show afterwards. It's a post-fight breakdown of what just went on. So we'll be in Arizona. I'm probably going to go to San Jose next weekend for Bellator. There's a huge Bellator card. And Bellator, they need to do a better job promoting themselves. But you got AJ McKee, who's their number one pound-for-pound guy. He's got the rematch with Pitbull. You got Corey Anderson fighting Nemkov uh, for the light heavyweight championship. I mean, they, they have some great matchups. They just got to market better. I'm going to cover that. Um, I know there's some boxing coming up here in Vegas. Top ranked Shakur Stevenson, Valdez. That'll be the 30th. So I'm not just UFC. I'm wherever. And the NFL draft will be here at the end of the month. I'm going to do that as well. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot. Have you seen any like schmo imitators? Yeah. I, and, I, and I think um, Helen laughs at me all the time, but there's a lot of, I'd say, journalists that are trying to do a lot of things that I'm doing. And I, I think imitation is the best form of flattering. But if you're trying to copy someone, you're always going to be two steps behind them. Why would you want to be two steps? I've seen people trying to, I have this little schmo stash. And by the way, it took me 31 years of life before I could finally grow facial hair. I try to do a little <laughs> schmo stash. Congratulations on hitting puberty. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Some people it's 13, 16, others it's 31. And I fall in that category. Um, so whether it's just growing a little stash or slicking their hair back, I started to grow this schmo hawk out because everyone started doing the fade with the schmo lines. Hawk. And, and I'm like, I got to switch up the, uh, the look a little bit. And then uh, I, I started noticing media members wearing turtlenecks that no one, no media members were wearing turtlenecks and blazers when I was doing this. And nobody in ago. general is wearing a turtleneck, really. Unless you're the rock in that classic photo. Yes. I'll, the rock, and, but he didn't have a blazer on and he wore a chain. The Schmo <laughs> hasn't worn a chain yet. And he, uh, but the rock's the man. I love the rock. The rock's on the bucket list too for interviews. He is the best. I, if, if you have the chance, it will be the greatest interview you've ever done. Amazing. Yeah. Goosebumps. Who has been the best reaction if you don't tell people what's going to happen during the interview what's been the best reaction when you just like go right into it sure i've had a priceless reaction from tyson fury the first time i interviewed him we were singing like smash mouth all Star because he's a great singer he's one of the the best interviews i've done larger than life bill walton complete legend you know i'm a huge nba nerd so interviewing bill walton and getting his reaction and becoming friends with him over the years that is always very meaningful to me um the most viral YouTube interview I have right now is Yoel Romero. It was actually at the Super Bowl in Miami at Radio Row. 
which I think, by the way, Radio Row is the best week for interviews in all professional sports. You yeah. get everybody's everybody there. there. Everybody's That's there. That's my favorite. Are you getting credentialed for yourself? I'm credentialed for the Schmo Zone. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. And I think that this is also something that anybody that's listening to this or watching this right now that wants to like be in this position that you're in or that I'm in needs to realize you can build this up on your own. Correct. But when I got in, I wasn't credentialed on the Schmo Zone. I was credentialed under independent broadcasting station. Um, that was, they needed a sports reporter. So I was filling in for them. Wow. And that's how I was getting credentialed. Wow. I would ask you who your favorite interview has been, but I feel like that's like really cliche. So I'm going to ask you, what's been your favorite schmoment? My favorite schmoment. And I love how you put that, by the way, because I've had a lot of, a lot of great schmoments. Um, Mike Tyson's probably up there. I recently was able to play basketball with Floyd Mayweather. That was, that was a bucket list of schmoments. Wow. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how I get invited to something like this. A lot of the best things in life just happen completely randomly. When I interviewed Bill Goldberg, because Goldberg, 173, you know, at one point, who's next? Yeah. When I had him meet me for the first time and grab my neck and throw me off, and I said, who's next? You are Schmo. And he pushes me off camera with it, holding my neck and everything. I thought that was fantastic because that was just a piece of my childhood coming to life. Um, I'll give you a great Goldberg story. Yeah. I did an interview with him a few years ago and my friend is his manager. So we did this interview and we were at like a charity event. There was like a barbecue thing going on, like jumping castles. And I go to my friend, I go, do you think Bill would put me up in the jackhammer? It's like, I don't know. I'll ask him. Hey, Bill, would you put Chris up in the jackhammer? He's like, oh, sure. Comes over and like literally three seconds later, I'm up in the jackhammer. And I got hundreds of thousands, millions of views online. It's amazing. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, those, those, that's what makes it so much better. Like, like when you could do things like that, like you're reliving the best moments of your childhood. Yeah. And then, um, the last one that also comes to mind is when I was throwing popcorn at T.O. And I think T.O. Terrell Owens is one of my, with he, to me, I credit him in the early stages of the Schmo. He was the third guest I had on the Schmo and the pro. Wow. He's what put me on the map. Like in terms of, oh, NFL players like, oh, he had T.O. on. I'll come on the show with him and stuff yeah. like that. And to just throwing popcorn doing the sit-ups and push-ups on the driveway and we've had a great relationship ever since um so that that's definitely up there for moments what's your advice for somebody who's trying to get into this because i think it shifted a lot right like yeah. you and i came up in the era of the quote-unquote traditional media yeah where you had to be with an outlet yeah now it's completely different it's completely different you have to be willing to take a step sideways or st step backwards in order to ever move forward and that's what i tell people all the time and no, no event's too small. People ask me all the time, how do I become an MMA journalist and stuff? Reach out, find out who the closest regional scene is. Find out who's running it. Offer to do it for free. Mm -hmm. I work so much for free in order to get in. I've, there are so many times where I've struggled to make money just to continue the journey that I love. And if you truly love this, you will find a way. You have to be dogged. You have to be consistent. Consistency is key. If you're just trying to start a podcast or start a show and you do it once here and there and your audience does not know when to tune in and you're not consistent, they're going to fall off the map. You can never build it that way. So believe in yourself. Self-belief is huge. Have the confidence, have the consistency and go out and just do it. And you can't be afraid. And sometimes you just don't see results. I remember the early days of the Triple C and Schmo Show and we're still growing this. I remember our producer is like, we're not, we don't have enough subscribers and stuff like that. And I said, hold the phone here, hold the phone here. 
If you build it, they will come. Mm. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to continue to grind, continue to show up. If your work is truly the best, people will watch. Yeah. As Macho Man talked about famously, the cream. The cream. Rises to the top. <sighs> you know, I think there's a lot of people that get into podcasting, for example, and they put out 12 episodes and they go, nobody's listening. And I always say to those people, how many people do you think were listening to Joe Rogan after 12 episodes? Yes, exactly. How many people do you think were listening to Joe Rogan after 212 episodes? Right. And now here he is at 1,800 episodes, and it's a completely different story. Yeah. Because he, he did it, and we all do it, because you love it. And you, if you're not loving it, if you don't love every part of it, you need to stop right now. Oh, for sure. And like, for, I didn't start having success in terms of the character and everything until I taught myself how to edit. I was so reluctant for years mm. and learning the editing process. You have to learn everything. You have to be willing to swim in the muck. There's going to be great days. There's going to be shitty days. There's going to be things that you hate to do. But if you love what you're doing, as in you want to get somewhere, you're going to have to enjoy the process. You're going to have to embrace the process, even the parts that you don't like. Yeah. Did you bring, did I see you brought the schmo glasses? I brought the schmo glasses. Is this kind of like Clark Kent and Superman here? You know, uh, it's in terms of what you're going to get if I put them on, yes. Let's see what happens. I mean, here's the glasses. I know you wanted me to bring them. I got them here. These are my schmo glass lines. They, I did sell them. I'm, they will be back on sale soon. I just paused with the whole NFT thing. But uh, What does a pair of schmo glasses cost? I think I was selling them for 65 oh, Wow. But the, they, they were all custom. They're all custom made. They're, they actually have a purpose, too. What people don't realize is... Why don't you tell me this as the schmo? All right, why not? All right, Chris. What people don't realize is with these schmo glasses, they really help with bright lights. Bright lights, they could have a lot of glaring effects on your eyes, especially if you're looking at the screen or if you're cage side for an MMA event, for a boxing match. They help take all that excess light out. I hit the off button there. Schmo's all over the place. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I love what you do to your face when you become the schmo. All the facial characteristics. That's the Chris Farley's, man. The John Belushi's. I, I studied those guys. The Mike Myers. Comedy's about what you can do with your face. The facial expressions. Sometimes when the schmo's interviewing the guest, he leans in there yeah. and stares at the camera there. There's a lot of different things that the schmo studied from these comedic legends over time. <laughs> Okay, can you take the glasses off for a second? I have a very serious question that I want to end with. Yeah. I've loved this, by the way. David, thank you. Schmo, thank you so much. Uh, I, I love, I'm all about gratitude, and I start and end every day saying out loud three things that I'm grateful for. So perhaps I'll ask you, and then I'll also ask the Schmo. Sure. What are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Most important is good health. Your health is your wealth. And just being healthy and being active, being able to wake up each day and breathe and smell the fresh air, that's what I'm far most thankful for. Yeah. Secondly, I'm most thankful for my inner circle, uh, to my better half, Helen, to my supporting parents. My parents are my biggest fans. Uh, my younger brother, uh, my immediate family, my close friends that always believe in me, even when I was struggling through the darkest days, they know who they are. I'm grateful for them. And then most importantly, I'm just grateful for good human beings. Mm. Good human beings, the athletes I interview, the fans that support yeah. everything I'm doing. And just people that are willing to show compassion, show empathy to others and, um, you know, make this world a better place. Because I feel like with all the noise and the social media and the situation we're in, having the pandemic, having the situation on Russia, I, I don't talk politics, by the way, because immediately to me, 
you talk politics, that divides half your audience. Absolutely. You'll never hear me talk about politics, but I just think there's so much negativity in the world. So I appreciate the people that go out of their way to keep things positive. I just want to acknowledge you, like all of the hard work that you've put in to, for you as David, but also for you as the Schmo, all the hard work that you've put in, it's, it's all paying off. So I just want to acknowledge you for like all those things that you did for free or all those things where you were paying your own way to get there. It's all like paid off and it's all worth it. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. I appreciate it. I really do. And thank you for coming by. This has been so entertaining and also like so motivating. There's so many people that want to do what you're doing. And I think that when somebody can see somebody that is doing it and see somebody that is successful doing it, they can then reverse engineer their way back. And I'm willing to help anyone who's willing to put in the work. Mm. But so many people say they want it, but how bad do they really want it? Yep. You have to be a dog. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there we go, my friends. Big thank you to the Schmo for joining us in the Blue Wire Studios. Big thank you, of course, to you for being with us. You can check out Dave on social media at the Schmo 312 And when you're done with this episode in like 40 seconds, check out his podcast, The Triple C and Schmo Show. He does it with UFC fighter Henry Cejudo. And share this episode with someone that you know will love this. Take a screenshot. Tag us on social media. Let us know what stood out for you the most. And you know me. I love these stories of people who bet on themselves. They're just so inspiring and so encouraging to me. So I'm going to continue to bring these kinds of conversations to you from people of all different walks of life. I will leave you with this. I tweeted it out yesterday. It seemed to resonate with a lot of you. So I'll give it to you here as well. At any minute, someone can come along and change your life. That person is you. Oh yeah. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight.